Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. All right. Hello, everybody. The Dr. Dads are back with another episode. And I tell you what, David, uh, I'm excited about this podcast. Uh, we have another Dr. David on uh, this podcast. And uh, it's all about amino acids today. How you doing, brother? Exciting topic, man. I'm amazing, man. I'm looking forward to this one, too, as well, because this is definitely something that I think everybody needs to hear. And uh, you and me have quite a bit of experience. We were athletes as well. So mm-hmm. this will be fun to dive into some of this stuff, man. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our amazing guest. His name is Dr. David Minkoff. He's a medical doctor, uh, alternative health expert as well, uh, guest lecturer, writer, TV and radio guest host, or sorry, show guest. He also authors two weekly newsletters, the Body Health Fitness Newsletter and the Optimum Health Report. Uh, Dr. David Minkoff graduated from the University of Wisconsin Medical School in 1974 and was elected the Phi Beta Kappa of medical schools. The prestigious Alpha Omega Alpha Honors Medical Fraternity for very high academic achievement. He is board certified in pediatrics and has completed a fellowship in infectious diseases at the University of California in San Diego, which included research in developing new medicines to fight viral diseases. As a clinical faculty member at the university, he also served as co-director of the neonatal intensive care unit at Polymer Medical Center. My goodness, this guy's got an amazing resume. And what's not on there, um, which if, for those of you who are maybe watching the video, this guy is a 43-time Ironman triathlete. I mean, Dave and I have each done, well, I've done two Spartan races. David's done three. Um, we've, got, we've got some work under uh, uh, to go. But uh, Dr. David Minkoff, thank you so much for being on the call with us today. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. So uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, amino acids first came across maybe our minds in, in naturopathic school. They would be, you know, for the really sick people, maybe, you know, lack of absorption issues and whatnot. Um, but I mean, with such a broad ranging set of uh, disciplines and, and career, how did you move into amino acids as, as, a, as one of the, the major focuses of therapeutics for you? Well, I was, I, I've done all these Ironmans and I was training for an Ironman and, uh, I was doing a track workout and I strained very badly my hamstring, one of my hamstring muscles. And I did everything I could to try to get it to heal over probably nine or 10 months. I massaged it and chiropractored it and heated it and massaged it and injected it. I did everything I could. And I didn't know what was wrong, but I couldn't get it to heal. And every time I tried to push it, I knew that if I pushed it, I was going to maybe tear it. And then I ran into a guy, an old friend, uh, who'd been in Europe. And he had a a product that he said, you ought to take this. This is amino acids. Now, at this point, I'm not so oriented on amino acids. I don't really know. You know, I know basic stuff. But he said, just try. Take 10 of them twice a day. So I took 10 of them twice a day and I could feel that after about three or four weeks that that soreness was gone and I did a hard workout and I didn't strain it. And then two months later I was in Penticton uh, doing Ironman Canada for the 12th time. Uh, it was my favorite race. It's the most beautiful, like one of the most beautiful places on earth. 
That's my, and, that's my hometown, actually. Well, Osuyas. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Okay. So anyway, love the lake, love the mountains, love the, you know, it's just, it's a very, it's a hard iron man. It's a yeah. very hilly run. Um, and there's and some scorching best- tempers in the, in, the, in the summertime. I mean, you're hitting 40 sometimes. Well, 40 Celsius, which would be over 100. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. there when it was raining in 52, and I've been there when it was uh, like over 100 and super hot. Wow. So uh, anyway, I had my best time. And, um, and I was, I you know, usually would keep track of my heart rate when I was, when I was working out, and I did a sort of an attempt at a maximum heart rate. And I found that after the couple of months on the amino acids that my maximum heart rate went from 172 to 184. Wow. which was like a real physiologic change. I could see it. I actually also gained a bunch of weight, probably about 10 pounds, with no noticeable change in the size of my arms, my legs, my waist, my chest. And I did some research in this, and what I found is I had been a, mostly a vegetarian for 40 years before that. And when I queried about the, the guy who would put together this particular formula that I was taking, he said, as a vegetarian, you're probably protein malnourished. And what these amino acids are doing is they're filling in tissue that actually should be there. Your liver size, your heart size, your tendons, ligaments, all that stuff will improve if, if your nutrition was deficient in amino acids before than it is now. So I thought, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So in my clinic, I started, so I have a, I have a, a, a large uh, natural medicine clinic where we take care of mostly people who have chronic unsolved health problems, Lyme and cancer and autoimmune disease and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and autoimmune disease, things like that. And I started to, I got really interested in amino acids and I started to measure serum amino acids on every patient that came in. And you guys, the Genova Labs has a, this thing called an ion panel. And on the ion panel, you get amino acids and vitamins, minerals, essential fats. It's a, it's a great panel. And I noticed that almost everybody that I tested, whether they were a high-end athlete or they were a chronically ill patient, had low levels of serum amino acids, fasting serum amino acids. And we're way below the level. And when we looked at the essential amino acids, the eight essential amino acids, we found that they were often really low in one or more. Uh, now, so then I started to use that and supplement them with these, uh, a mixture that we put together of eight essential amino acids. And we found great improvements in lots of areas like hair growth was better and nail growth was better and aerobic fitness got better and energy got better and digestion got better. And so this was very interesting. And based on my experience in the clinic and with myself, I wrote an article for Triathlete Magazine. And I got 3,000 calls from the article of where do we get this stuff. Wow. So I have a company called Body Health, and we were already making products, you know, for detoxification and, and inflammation and a bunch of other stuff. And we, so we, we formulated this product and we put it in there and we just got thousands and thousands of success stories from everybody from hypothyroid menopausal women to very elite athletes, you know, like Ironman world champions. One of the, uh, I think I could tell this story. Peter Reed was a three-time Ironman uh, Canadian. 
uh, three-time Ironman champion after his, uh, so we, I got involved with Peter when he was training for his, his, it's going to be his last Ironman, uh, his third attempt. And he started taking the product and then he would always go to Kona about a month or six weeks before the race to acclimate. And he had this route that he would do every year, which was his sort of final kill ride home. You know, what kind of shape am I in? I think the ride is like 140 or 145 miles in the mountains around Kona. Wow. And so he does the ride and we get a call at the end of the day that he'd done it a half an hour faster than he'd ever done it before. And he was in a panic that there was some kind of drugs in this stuff. <laughs> and, um, and we have an NSF certification on the product. It is clean. It is pure. If you're an athlete, you can take it. He went on to win his third Ironman that year. Uh, and uh, in fact, I was on a bicycle riding just behind him the whole, you know, the whole run because I was so excited and he was so good. Uh, he's such a great guy. Um, anyway, that's happened with uh, Tour de France riders and, uh, and speed skaters and lots of baseball players. Uh, and, you know, whole university swim teams and football teams like these guys who are high performance, they can feel the product and it does what it says it does and it's clean and so it can really help. But most of the people I give it to, which is virtually every patient I see, it's because they have low serum amino acids and this will help them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, that, that's how I got kind of started with it. That's amazing. Um, now one of the unique parts of this is that like in Canada, Health Canada says that there's 10 essential amino acids. Right. And, and this isn't actually true now, but this is what was true in the past, is that you couldn't put a product in Canada unless it had 10 amino acids because they said arginine and histidine were essential. And so I didn't do this research, but somebody else did this research where they took the eight essential amino acids in the formula that we have and 99% of it would go to making body protein. But if you add arginine and histidine, it goes down to 94% utilization versus 99. It actually, you don't need them. Now we duplicated this with a small experiment we did in our clinic, which was to get fasting levels of amino acids, insulin, and glucose in a group of my staff and then feed them 10 grams of perfect amino. And then at 30 minutes and 90 minutes, check their levels of glucose, insulin, and serum amino acids. And what we found is their insulins didn't change, their glucoses didn't change, so the amino acids weren't being turned into sugar, which is good, because if you're trying to be in ketosis or a ketogenic diet, it will not take you out of ketosis. Mm -hmm. But most people who are doing ketogenic diets can't eat enough protein to really get enough to nourish themselves. And you can add this in. So it's basically an almost calorie free supplement where you get amino acids. And then we saw that the levels of arginine and histidine within 30 minutes of taking the product bumped way up. So oh. the body took the eight essentials and made the other two so that you were covered. And that's very interesting. So, you know, the FDA isn't going to change its mind and 
we now have product in Canada and they don't seem to care about it at this point, but in, you know, 10 years ago they did. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was going to, that was one of my questions is what do you do with, you know, the, the other essential amino acids, especially, you know, with the explosion of heart disease and the amount of people taking arginine supplements or citrulline supplements, when you can do it with a proper structured amino acid formula, you, it sounds like it fills in those gaps. Can you, yeah, can it does. You, and then, yeah. And then the body can sort of do what it needs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an intelligence there, which could sort of shunt it the way it needs to go. Yeah. So I think that's usually the way we go with it. Yeah. Now, now in your book, which I'm going to recommend everyone read, uh, especially, I mean, the protein supplement industry has obviously exploded. It's, it's a massive machine. And the amount of people who have been manipulated, I'm going to say that just because of understanding the information that you share around, you know, protein supplementation, the whey powders, the, the vegan powders, I mean, all that stuff. Um, I mean, since learning your information, I've been getting people off of the protein powders and onto a proper amino acid formula. But can you speak to the industry a little bit with regards to protein supplementation, have the conversion into maybe glucose, but also what about the branch chain amino acids that, you know, most bodybuilders or whatever are using? So uh, you're right. I mean, I mean, marketing can do anything, you know, mm-hmm. and good marketing sells lots of products. I just saw before we came on, my son sent me an article about a company in New York that started a supplement company and they got some money from Wall Street to start it up, but they just got an offer from Bayer, which is trying to make up losses from glyphosate and and this Vitra or one of these other drugs that they had, which has really been a big, legally been a big problem for them, that they just were going to invest $225 million in a supplement company whose sales are probably not that much because they want, you know, they want in on this. This is the biggest thing going now. And if you have good mark and these guys had good marketing, I don't know if their, their products might be fine, but I know what made it go is they were really good marketing. So like slim fast shakes sell tons of shakes, you know, it's basically crappy whey protein and, and high fructose corn syrup. You know, I mean, it's not a good healthy product but it sells like mad because people are convinced that it will work and they buy it. So this has gone on in the, you know, whey protein was a whey is a waste product in the production of cheese. And they used to throw it away. And someone got the bright idea that if we take the whey, which is one of the, the protein components of milk, it's like, casein and whey, so casein ends up as cheese and whey is a leftover, that they could sponsor an organization, which is the American College of Nutrition, to provide money for research to show that this was really a good protein and there was scientific evidence. And what they did prove is that it is very well absorbed. They have this thing called absorbability index, which when you take it, it does go in your body but only about 16% of it is actually utilized by the body to make protein. 84% of it turns into a carbohydrate. The body can't use it because the proteins needed for a cow are different than the ones, or the amino acids are different than the ones that are needed for a human. So it's a huge industry. Many people take whey protein. I don't think whey protein is necessarily toxic if the source is good, you know, if you have an animal that's grass-fed and not hormone and not antibiotic, 
then the dairy might be fine, though a lot of people have trouble with digestion, whether it's the milk sugar or whether it's the milk proteins, but assuming someone could eat it. But to think that it's a high nutritious protein product is just not really true. Uh, same for cheese, um, same for soybeans, same for most of the plant-based protein mixes because the plants just don't, you know, they're missing essential amino acids in enough quantity to really be good. So if you want the best protein, find somebody and drink their breast milk. <laughs> Short of that, eggs are the best protein. Whole eggs, if you eat the white, only the one of the essential amino acids is in high quantity in the yolk, it's methionine. And you need methionine to make the eight sort of go together. Uh, so there's numbers that correspond with how well is the protein utilized. So perfect amino is 99%. Breast milk is about 49, eggs are 48, meat and fish are 33, 32, and then whey and soybean are in the 16 to 17%. One of the most interesting things is spirulina, which is, you know, if you go in the health food stores and you see there are rows of spirulina products, which have some good nutritional things. They have chlorophyll and they have essential uh, omega-3 fats and they have minerals. So it's not a bad food, but the protein content is very low. And yes, whales can eat it and grow into whales, but they have a different kind of gut and they can, they can make their own amino acids out of other amino acids and we, most of us can. So the, the spirulina products we tested uh, range between a zero and 6% utilization. Wow. And a lot of them were, were zero because they, they were missing essential amino acids. Now, if we go to the other two popular ones, which is branch chain amino acids. So these are three of the eight essential amino acids. So it's leucine, isoleucine, valine. If you take those three and think you're gonna make protein, it's actually impossible because you need all eight. So what happens is, is that instead of, if the body is, if you're taking this with a workout and your body needs calories, if you don't take the branch chain, it will pirate your own muscles to get some calories. Whereas if you take the branch chain, you will get the calories from the branch chain. You're not going to make any proteins with three amino acids. Hmm. Uh, the other thing is if you look at collagen, now this has been a, a blockbuster, just blockbuster. And most of the collagens come from chicken feathers, chicken beaks, chicken bills, horse hoofs, wow. what's left over on the slop floor after the animals are all carved up. And very few of them are from, again, animals that have been pesticide, hormone, antibiotic-free. And so these things are known, to, many of them, to contain these residues and heavy metals. And it's just like, what are you putting in your body? But if you look at the content, there's, there's roughly four different kinds of collagens that, are, that you can get from different animal bodies or fish scales or hair. And, but if you look at the profile of these, none of them have tryptophan, which is an essential amino acid. And they're very low in leucine and I think baleen so that the mix, and they're very high in a 
couple of non-essential amino acids, proline, hydroxyproline, so that as a source for us to make protein, it's really quite poor. Hmm. Uh, so again, it's not a toxic food. If your source is good, uh, it thickens up a smoothie and it might taste good. But really, as a as a protein supplement, it real if you know if you measure how much is utilized from what you eat, it's very low. It's probably actually zero unless you're eating something with it because there's no tryptophan. And virtually every protein in the body contains tryptophan, except collagen. Go ahead, David. I know you got questions. Well, no, I'm listening and having flashbacks of all the protein I had as an athlete growing <laughs> up and in college. And I remember when I was playing college ball, they'd give us these go drinks after we'd work out. And we used to have this joke. Uh, one of them was called chocolate thunder. The other one was like strawberry or something. But we literally had this joke because we all had like horrible gastrointestinal distress from drinking this crappy protein. Like it was this ongoing joke and we all looked swollen. Like it, it, you could tell we weren't building our bodies properly. Everyone just looked kind of swollen all the time. So, uh, you know, I'm having like these flashbacks as you're talking, I'm thinking, golly, like, and this is at the college level and our shrink coaches are, are pumping us, pumping us full of this stuff. So I'm thinking like how much across the board for athletes worldwide is this happening where athletes think they're taking the right sources and they're getting these good quality sources of these aminos that they need to actually help recovery and build muscle. And we're just not getting it. Like you're saying, and, you know, it kind of, it, it goes with this theme, like me and Nick were just talking a couple of podcasts ago is like, you know, our, our body is tuned to a very specific form of these things. And if we're not getting it in the right ratios or these right forms, there's deficiencies or toxicities of this stuff and right. the onslaught that it will cause moving forward on your body. Yeah. I mean, I, we had a strength coach uh, call us from Miami um, who runs one of the centers there for, for pro athletes. And he was saying that in order to get the build that he wanted with these guys, they were having to take 200 grams of, of whey protein a day and that hardly any of them could take it because the bloating and the gas and the difficulty GI wise, which just he was looking for something else. And I said, well, why don't you just take, take them off all that stuff. Just take, put them on 10 grams of perfect amino twice a day. And I bet you, you'll see, no gastric distress because virtually nobody gets gastric distress from the stuff and watch watch what happens to them and and they were they were just so excited about it and the results that they got were fantastic because it, you don't get gi distress you get really excellent utilization of the amino acids to do what you're trying to do they were trying to build strength athletes but we find it in in aerobic athletes too you know in, in, in cyclists and in swimmers that you get, you get the similar effect depending on what you're training for. Mm -hmm. I got a question for you. And that's, I mean, this is going to be something I think that should be, you know, common knowledge or, or talked about across the board. And that is, you know, how did we get here? Why, why are so many of us amino acid deficient? Like, is it, does it connected to stomach acid, chronic stress? Like, can you kind of walk us through why this is such a huge problem? Well, you probably find it in your practice too. In my practice, 100% of the people that walk in, the thing that we have to fix first is their gut. Yeah. They have usually not enough stomach acid, not enough digestive enzymes, wrong mix of their microbiome, overgrowth with yeast and parasites and bad bacteria. Um, so many people now go to over-the-counter or prescription acid blockers 
um, I think there's something like 20 plus million prescriptions a month in the United States for, you know, drugs which block stomach acid. Uh, omeprazole and Pepsid and Tagamet and, you know, these drugs block stomach acid. Now, the first part of protein digestion occurs in the stomach with you need acid and you need an enzyme that only gets turned on when there's acid. So pepsin, pepsinogen is the acid which starts protein digestion in the body, but it requires a pH, a very low acid level in the stomach of one to two. When you take these drugs, you turn the stomach acid off and the pH of the stomach becomes seven. So there's no acid. So you're not going to, it's that you're going to block the first very important step in protein digestion. The other thing you're going to do is you're going to block mineral absorption. So 80% of our patients are magnesium deficient and they don't absorb magnesium because you need an acid to do it. The other thing that happens with that is that the food we eat isn't sterile. Most people aren't eating only boiled food. So if you eat an apple or you get some endive or some lettuce and you have a salad, well, there are bacteria on there and probably some yeast and probably there may be parasites in the mix. And the way the body's designed is that you don't have to boil the food, but when it gets in your stomach, it gets boiled in acid. And that acid will kill those organisms so that when the food passes to your small intestine, you're not sort of contaminating yourself with these potentially bad organisms. But if you're on an acid blocker, or if you're very malnourished and your body isn't producing acid, or you're iodine deficient and you can't produce acid, you know, there's all these sort of things that can come into it, is that now you're getting these yeast and parasites and bad bacteria in your small intestine. And one of the biggest things that we see is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth because these things are living in there and then they're getting fed three or four times a day and they grow really well and they produce bloating and gas, and heartburn and GERD. And, and so, you know, now you, you try to get good absorption and good digestion and the body's having a hard time. So people become mineral deficient, they become amino acid deficient. And so in most of the people we see, we have to correct this. Now, perfect amino is a good sort of workaround because it's already pre-digested. You know, it's in the bloodstream in 23 minutes, uh, not needing digestive enzymes. But it isn't, you can't really live on it. You want to eat food. Food's fun to eat. It tastes good, but you've got to be able to use it. So I think we're facing this crisis of, super artificial chemicalized foods, which aren't foods at all, you know, and, and then disordered digestion because of the medications. There's so many medications that people take, including acid blockers, that it's really a challenge to be healthy today because, of course, without a decent gut, you're not going to be healthy. I think this, you know, uh, like with Dr. Pompa, you fast someone for four or five days, they feel better because they just give this area of your body a chance to just like cool down stop feeding all these bad bugs all this terrible food that they crave and they'll starve them to death and then the good guys can come up and you get like god my my back and my joints don't hurt as much and my brain actually turned back on uh not from giving nutrition but from taking away the bad stuff and just giving the gut a rest
<laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. And you know what? Like as part of our fasting protocols, we end up getting people, especially those that are more challenged, to keep using the amino acids. And I love how you you talk about that, even like comparing an HCG weight loss protocol to using amino acid therapy. You know, on these sort of like calorie restricted like type diets, but you're still maintaining and preserving muscle mass and brain function, all those other amazing things that seem to disappear when you do when you are doing some fasting. So um, I love the use and I love that metabolically it's kind of inert. And it's just really focusing on repair. Yeah. I had another question for you with regards to testing. I know you, you brought up that you like to do a lot of uh, blood testing for amino acids. Is there a role for, you know, organic acids and looking at some of the urine metabolites uh, of amino acids or you, why, why do you choose blood testing? Well, the, um, like the ion panel, like the, the Genova ion panel, um, you get all the organic acids too. So it's a mixture of blood and urine. Um, and, uh, and I love organic acids. So, yeah, you get a lot of insight into what's going on in the gut, too. I mean, we usually do stool tests on people, but also you get a very good idea of bacterial and fungal toxins, of what's happening with your Krebs cycle, what's happening with neurotransmitters. So I, I think uh, organic acids are very, very helpful, and we, we do those on everybody, too. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's sort of where an aha was for me is when we started looking at these tests. I mean, we're right there with you virtually well i don't think there was a single patient that didn't have an amino acid deficiency based on those tests go ahead yeah and i the, the other one that the other so that set of testing is really good and this is a little bit off amino acids but i just had a guy today um is to do a panel which looks at environmental toxins in people you know like great plains yeah. uh, gpl tox it's just like incredible i i've had i just had an architect who came from germany with chronic fatigue and he um on his uh, GPL tox, this MTBE, which is a gasoline additive to boost octane. Normally here in Florida, I see people in the 5,000, normal would be none. Okay, if we were in a gasolineless society, we'd be none because it's not a natural thing. But given that there's gas fumes in the aquifers full of gasoline additives, the average person I see here is between 5,000 and 7,000. And I get his test back, and he's 84,000, like off the chart. And the rest of the things, the chemicals and the plastics and the pesticides and the herbicides and the rest of the stuff, you know, the, the benzenes and all this stuff was very low in him. So he had a single thing that was really out the roof. And uh, so I said, you've got to be getting exposure to gasoline fumes somewhere or it's in the water you're drinking or it's in the water that you're showering with. Like, tell me more about what you do and where you work and let's see if we can figure this out. So it turns out he's an architect. His office is on the second floor of the bus station in the town in Germany that he lives. I said, it must be coming from the buses. He said, no, I'm the architect for the building. I designed it and I put in a special filter system so that when these buses come in underneath, that the fumes are taken away from the building so that we weren't getting poisoned. I said, well, you better check the filter system. <laughs> this is the highest level I've ever seen. The lab called me. They haven't seen it. They want to know what's going on with this guy. Is he a glue? Is he a gasoline sniffer? Is, you know, what is he doing with this stuff? And it turned out that he had a very intricate filter system for the air so that the bus fumes didn't come in but the guys who were doing maintenance on the building hadn't changed the filters in six years. Oh, now wow. that's, in, 
That's interesting. Really interesting. I had a guy today and he was at 15,000. So that's high. He owns a car, two car dealerships. And I said, is the, is the garage mechanic air system connected to the offices where you are? Because I know you don't have an old car where the exhaust pipe is going into the car. And I'm pretty sure you're not sniffing gasoline. <laughs> but you are in a place where cars are running all the time. Yeah. And you better check it. And he was like, holy smokes. So these are just interesting things that you dig up on people when you're trying to problem solve with them on like what's happening with them. Oh, totally. That's amazing. David, go ahead. Oh, that's crazy. You know what I'm thinking? I mean, these are these specific things we can find on certain individuals, but I mean, we're going back to just to dial back to the gut for a second. I mean, the gut's a big thing that plays into a lot of people's health just because of this onslaught of toxins we're getting in our food supply, right? And so, you know, we're talking about this amino acid profile and needing to have them the right, the right ones to build this protective barrier. I mean, how many people do we see, like you were saying earlier, that like this is just a constant theme with a lot of people where it's leading to leaky gut because we don't have the building blocks that we need. And then, yeah, here comes the heavy metals. Here comes all this onslaught of basically toxicity. And we're just opening our bodies up to our environment 24-7. Right. The other thing that, that dovetails with that is that there's this concept of protein turnover. Like the body will, like the gut lining, probably every four or five days, it sh you should grow a new lining. Like your skin turns over every couple of days because the, there is wear and tear on these tissues and you have to replenish them. And so if you're short of amino acids, then the cycle of repair slows down. And instead of turning over your gut lining, which is critical to, to healing leaky gut or preventing leaky gut, because these junctions, these tight junctions, are made out of protein bridges. And they have to be remade and replenished because we're all getting toxins in all the time, which are injurious to this tissue. And if your gut can only turn over, let's say, every 10 days instead of every four or five days, then you're going to have a leaky gut for five days every month because it's not getting turned over fast enough. And that plays in wound healing and it plays in repair. You know, you're an athlete and you just did a strength workout to failure and you're sore for five days. You don't have enough essential amino acids for that tissue to heal it up and turn it around and get it healed faster. And so this is a big thing in like, especially vegetarians and vegans because their, their essential amino acid levels are low and they, and their serum amino acid levels for almost all of them that I've tested are low. And, um, and then if they add perfect amino, which is vegan and kosher, you know, it's like any group that might be offended by it can't really be offended by it because yeah. it's clean. Um, that you that you can really make your nutrition much better doing what you believe is the right thing for you to do. Yeah, I love so, that. And that's always my argument for people who are vegan and vegetarian. I'm, I'm mostly vegetarian myself, but it's, it's how I found a way around it is to, to utilize the, the amino acids. I want to talk about brain health. A big part of what we do in, in using these protocols is also help people, you know, with uh, mental health, recovery, addiction, that kind of thing. And 
I just want to get your take on, you know, brain building and brain preservation, longevity with regards to uh, amino acids. Yeah. I mean, the blood brain barrier is a protein barrier. So you get someone who walks in a, a, a shoe store where the plastic levels are out the roof and they walk in there and their blood brain barrier isn't so good and they feel spaced out and their eyes burn and they can't think and they got to go outside. It's because they got a leaky brain. You know, just like there's a leaky gut, there's a leaky brain, there's a leaky lung. These tissues are made out of protein. And if the protein net networks, meshes aren't solid, you're going to get your tissues exposed to things that they shouldn't be exposed to. That's sort of one aspect of it. The second aspect of it is that the, the, the molecules that the brain uses to communicate between neurons, these neurotransmitters, they're proteins. They are proteins. You know, GABA and dopamine and serotonin, these are based on amino acids. And I had a whole group of, of, of women. These were women who had three things in common. They were tired and they couldn't sleep and they were depressed. And the thing I found in common with all of them is that they also were on acid blockers. Mm. So when I measured their serum amino acids, I found that all of them had low tryptophan levels in their blood. Now, tryptophan is a precursor to melatonin. So if you don't have tryptophan, you're not going to make melatonin. Your sleep could be disordered. Uh, tryptophan is also a precursor to serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that, that when serotonin levels are low, people can tend to be more depressed. So the drugs, you know, all the drugs for depression, Prozac and those kind of things, are ways to sort of get more serotonin at the nerve. But... If you're going to make it, you have to have tryptophan. And then the third one is fatigue occurs if mitochondria can't make energy. And the key place in the mitochondria to make energy is this enzyme called NAD, which is made out of tryptophan. So I thought, okay, they're tryptophan deficient and because they're not absorbing their proteins because they're on acid blockers. And so they're tired and they're depressed and they can't sleep. And let's replenish their amino acid, just replenish tryptophan. And the symptoms go away. So, the, and this is, this works, you know, you, you get patients with, with Parkinson's with low dopamine levels or patients that are super anxious and they have low GABA levels. These are all made out of amino acids. So brain health is intimately tied with good amino acid nutrition. Yeah, I love how you brought the mitochondria into this too. And, and I didn't even think of that. But yeah, the tryptophan's role on producing NAD, and, and which is like your, your power molecule for getting these mitochondria to work properly. Um, uh, my next question is just is in regards to, to longevity. I, I asked you before the call, um, just regards uh, to mTOR. And there's this, obviously this big craze around, no, don't do too much mTOR. And so if we could talk about, uh, you know, protein and the, the aging hormone or whatever you want to call it as mTOR, um, and the role of amino acids, if you can kind of talk about that. Okay. Um, you know, there's this dichotomy of mTOR is bad and you want low mTOR. So if you read uh, Gundry's work, uh, Plant Paradox, Longevity Paradox, the, 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 the 
people he cites as the longest living are short, they're cold all the time because they don't have any thyroid hormone, they're protein malnourished, they have no muscles, and yes, and they have a they have a a, a gene defect which doesn't allow them to make uh, that their their IGF one is not stimulated by growth hormone, so their growth hormone doesn't work or the receptor's broken, and this is sort of the prototype of if you want to live a long time, then have no muscles, be cold, and be short. Now that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is someone who's you know, protein loaded, injecting growth hormone, doing all this stuff. And I think that there's, that for longevity and health, there is a happy medium, but you need protein, you need hormones, you need muscles, and you need your body warm. So, uh, which means you have to have enough thyroid hormone, you want to have enough testosterone, you want to have all these things, because people who have good levels of these things, they live longer and they feel better. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think intermittent fasting can be helpful if you also eat too, and fasting can be helpful if you also eat too. And if you're older, these mechanisms don't seem to be needed or work as well. So if you're 65, 70, don't starve yourself with protein. You know, if you're having a problem with insulin or glucose metabolism, sure, intermittent fast. You know, you fast a day or two, a month, or, you know, I think these can be strategies that can, on an individual basis, can be helpful. But I think it, just as importantly is you need to make sure that you have a healthy gut and that you're getting enough of the nutrients that you need to keep your body so that it can maintain itself. And, 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 and I think there's a lot more potential than people think of. Like, I'm having as much fun now as I ever did. I'm training hard. And uh, I'm looking forward to my next Ironman. And, um, and I'm paying really, you know, very good attention to my nutrition and my training schedules and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and I think that makes the difference. And I don't want to have an mTOR that's always off. I want it on most of the time. It can be off between six o'clock at night and nine o'clock in the morning, but the rest of the time I want it on. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. Uh, on that note, I'd love to, uh, for our listeners, I mean, you've, you've done the 43 Ironman triathlons. You're not planning on stopping, it doesn't sound like. Could you kind of walk us through like a supplementation day for you with when you're in that training mode with regards to the amino acids? What's your dose that you're usually targeting for athletes? So the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I go to the sink and I have a I have some water there and I have perfect amino and, and body health greens and body health reds and, um, and a hydrogen product. And I put two scoops of perfect amino, a scoop of either greens or reds. I alternate each day and two tablets of the hydrogen and I fill it up with water and I let it sit for a few minutes till the hydrogen's all bubble through it. And I shake it up and I drink it down straight away. Um, I wash up and shave and do that stuff. And then I usually have a workout after that. And I don't usually eat pre-workout except for this, which is not very many calories. You know, there's four calories of amino acids and there's probably 25 calories of greens. Uh, hydrogen doesn't have any calories. And I find that that is really good. Now on hard days, like so on Saturday, um, I rode for, I did a five hour ride. And I put, we have an electrolyte blend that if you haven't tried it, it is really good. Like it is just exactly, it is really good. So 
Um, so, and there's perfect amino in there. So I put one scoop of, or I mean, I put two scoops of the, of the uh, electrolytes in a, in a bottle. And I put, I add one scoop of perfect amino in the bottle too. And then during the two hours, I drank three bottles of that mixture. Um, I never cramped. I never got tired. I never got brain fog. I didn't eat anything. And I was on the bike for five hours. It's wow. really hot here. I mean, it's like, you know, it's 95 degrees. The, the, with the humidity, I think it was like 108 or something like that. And I actually felt fine the whole time. Wow. Um, so, um, and then when I got back, I took another 10 grams of amino acids uh, with some more hydrogen. Um, so to so, add it up so far, you're 10 plus three more. So you're 25 plus the two in the morning. So you're 35 grams so far. Right. And right. I took another yeah. before I went to bed. So on okay. big days like that, because the next day I, I swam two miles and I ran about 10 miles. <laughs> you're awesome. And, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be, you know, to be, I don't want to break down. And yeah. what I find is that, um, Talk to any athlete who's done a hard race or has done a series of hard training. It's very easy to get a cold during that period. Yes. Yeah. And what I found is that if you take enough amino acids when you're training, that you recover. Because I think what happens is there is high demand in the body after training for muscles, tendons, ligaments, lung, heart. These guys have been stressed, plus all the heat stress, heat shock protein, all this stuff that you need massive amounts of stuff to come in to balance that. Plus your whole immune system is amino acids, cytokines and leukotrienes and all these things. These are all, these are all proteins. And what I found is if you get enough in, like I haven't had a cold at all and I'm training hard right now and I'm not getting sick and my throat isn't getting scratchy and I'm not walking around with achy muscles. And I think it's just, Figuring out, you know, we used to have a rule when we, we, we had some, uh, uh, the, the, uh, one of the Tour de France, the Radio Shack team, we had some of those guys on amino acids during the tour and they were taking 30 grams a day. And what they found is they didn't break down at the end of the tour. They were just as strong. They were actually stronger than they were at the beginning. Jeff, wow. Jeff Spencer's a good friend of mine and he was a doctor. And, um, so he was giving these guys these amino acids and he said they never, that never ever happened. You know, that, the things that they were doing with the personalized chef and with uh, IV, you know, IV nutrition after they were done, that at the end of the tour, they all had tendonitis and they were all whipped and they were all exhausted. And that the guys who took perfect amino during the tour, they were fine at the end. You know, they were eight, like if you give the body enough support, even with very sort of brutal things that you can uh, keep up and the body can maintain itself. You know, especially if you're trained in the body, you know, is, is programmed to utilize this stuff, but you can make a big difference. So I'm, I'm using more now than I've ever used. And I'm, I'm finding that, God, this works even better. We used to have a rule, don't take more than 30 grams a day. Now it's like, take whatever it needs. So on big days, I'll take 10 grams in the morning and 10 grams in the afternoon. I might take another 10 grams before I go to sleep because it just seems to, for, for me, it seems to make a difference. And I think it's worth experimenting with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you broke it down like that. I mean, I think that's extremely important. There's some people that, you know, might work out four or five times a week and there's others that might do two two sessions a day. So, um, and with varying amounts of times and intensities. Um, 
David, go ahead. I know, I know we're running your, 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 the time, um, but David, uh, do you have any other questions for, for our amazing guest? Yeah, this might be a question because the role that aminos are playing in the immune system and our connective tissues and, and some of these building blocks. You know, what's the impact that this has on the lymphatic system and our connective tissue matrix and how that functions to some degree? Because, I mean, as athletes, we're constantly needing to get rid of all this waste, right? And so I'm right. just curious, like, if what's the correlation there, if you could speak to that a little bit? Well, I, you know, I think enzymes are basically proteins. So if you look at, say, just liver enzymes and detoxification pathways, like if you have enough amino acids, your liver is going to be able to optimize, you know, whatever your genetic potential is, you're going to be able to optimize your genetic potential so that you have a detox system that can actually do it properly. We did a small experiment here in the office where we were detoxing people for heavy metals. You know, these were people who were mercury or lead toxic. And we were using, um, we were using some IV detoxification, but a lot of it we were using a product that we have called Metal Free. And it binds to heavy metals and it takes them out. And that if we, what I found is that when we added amino acids, when we added perfect amino to them doing their detox program, that they got through it 30% faster than if they didn't take amino acids because wow. it supported their detox systems and their whole enzyme systems. So I think it's really important, you know, like if there is a, you know, um, protein in, I think Greek means primary. It's like original, like we, like the original, you know, in an evolutionary sense, the first thing that occurred is that there were enzymes manufactured so that you could get chemical reactions in this soup of whatever was going on at the time, which enabled them to capture the nitrogen that was in the atmosphere and be able to put it into a carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, so that you could get an amino acid and you could build bodies, you could build proteins, you could build enzyme systems. And so I think this has been a super neglected part of nutritional science, sports science, because people just haven't, you know, I don't know. It's just like I, a, a long time ago, probably 10 years ago, I, I was a keynote speaker at the American College of Nutrition. And I, so I gave a lecture on amino acids, amino acid chemistry to about 300 PhD nutritionalists, dietitians, you know, people who knew nutrition science. And when I finished the lecture, there was a dead silence for probably five minutes. And I said, is there any questions? And virtually everyone who asked the question said, we have never heard of this before. We have never seen this data. We don't know anything about it. You know, in a, to a dietitian, if she's, if you're a diabetic and she's sitting down with you and she says to you, okay, you need to have 30% of your calories are protein. Okay. And 40% are carbohydrates and 30% are fat or whatever her mix is. And it doesn't matter if your 30 grams is tuna fish plus yogurt plus spirulina plus whey protein plus collagen. It doesn't matter because a gram of protein is a gram of protein is a gram of protein. And there isn't anything that could be farther from the truth than that. Your sardines are worth a whole lot more than your whey protein shake by triple, at least double. And perfect amino, five times better. So it does make a difference. And if you're going to optimize your body, that's what you want to do. Awesome. Amazing.
Listen, uh, Dr. Minkoff, it's been such an honor to have you on the show. Uh, where can people find you? I mean, Body Health is the company. Uh, you're also still seeing patients. And uh, so, yeah, if you can kind of uh, let everybody know where to, to access you, your information, social media, we're going to put that in the so show notes as well, of course. Uh, but yeah, please, please share. Okay, so bodyhealth.com is a nutrition company. Uh, there's hundreds of YouTube videos on there and lots of information on the products themselves. Um, my clinic is called LifeWorks Wellness Center. Um, we made up that name before there was an internet age, so it's way too long, but the, the address <laughs> is lifeworkswellnesscenter.com. And you can see our clinic. Um, three quarters of our patients come from all over the world because they have chronic unsettled health problems. So we deal, we, we help them. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of information on me there. We also have another site called drminkoff.com. There's some other stuff about me and books and publishing. I recommend everybody read the book. Uh, we are offering it free as a PDF on at bodyhealth.com. So if you go to bodyhealth.com, you can download the book. Um, it's, it was an Amazon bestseller and it's, it's written for people who aren't necessarily nutrition or science based. Uh, it's kind of a story. It's kind of my story. Um, but I think you'll find it really helpful. And I think um, if you're interested in optimizing your health and performance, that you'll learn a whole bunch that probably your doctor doesn't know. And, um, and that, but that's, it's easy to do and you can, and you can utilize it yourself. Yeah, I found the book to be so accessible. I mean, I, I feel like I could give it to my my parents and they could read it and understand it. And 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 then for physicians alike, I mean, vital information. And guaranteed, most doctors are not talking about amino acids. I mean, you just blew my mind. Even just, it's I'm gonna rethink how uh, we detox people. I'm gonna be a little bit more front loading with amino acids um, and getting them prepared a little bit more uh, with that. So I mean, I I learned a ton today. Uh, David, do you want to say anything else, buddy? No, this was amazing, man. Same thing. I've learned so much and definitely changing a lot of how I'm going to address some of these things as well. So thank you so much, man. This was a pleasure. Ah, great. Love talking to you guys. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and, you're a beast, and you're a beast, man. This is awesome. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And, and just, just a little reminder for the home play guys. I mean, we always leave a home play exercise. So the home play is read that book. It's it's awesome and it's it needs to be on everybody's uh, bedside table that's where it is uh, in my house right now and i'm loving reading it before bed so dr minkoff it's been an absolute honor i've been i mean you were one of the the guests that i wanted to have on uh, when we first launched your podcast so you know so great to have you here so thanks again thank you so much enjoyed it thanks for listening if you enjoyed today's podcast please be sure to subscribe to the dr dads and share with your family and friends you can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.